But today, I want to talk to us about preparation. And the title of my message is Provoking a Divine Visitation. Provoking a Divine Visitation. Making a highway in your life. Making a highway for your life. Okay? That, that is a highway for the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That he would be the master. That he would be the Lord of your life. Okay? Uh, so, you know, the, the, the great challenge that we have is, is reconciling you know, divine sovereignty with human responsibility. Yeah. You know, God says this. This is what I'm going to do. But how do we participate in what God is going to do? Okay? So, you know, that's the idea is provoking. Now, the word provoking, you know, in this context is not someone that you provoke to anger. Okay? But a provoking that has an invitation to it. Hey, Lord, you know, I want you. Lord, I want your ways. Lord, I want to be obedient to, to you. And so we, we discover then that uh, I think that preparation precedes visitation. Acts chapter 3, verse 19 says that repent and be converted so that times of refreshing will come. God is into, you know, visiting. But there is a human responsibility. And as uh, Tanya read, and it's about, you know what I mean, that, that clearing the way, not falling into, but, you know, using the word against the uh, enemy that is trying to, to, to uh, get you to uh, create a crooked path in your life rather than a straight path. All right? So anyway, preparing for God's visitation. The scripture says that God's looking for people that are prepared. He's not only looking for people that are prepared, but he's looking for churches that are prepared. Because he's telling us that, hey, I'm not going to do all the work. We're partners in this thing. Amen? Absolutely. So, so you know what I mean? Uh, he says in this, this passage of Scripture in Isaiah 40 and Mark, he says, he, he says, do everything you can to cause the will of God uh, to be realized, you know, in your life right now. Do everything you can that you can help cause the will of God to be realized in your life. He's saying you need to create a favorable environment, you know, for him to come and operate in your life. Think about it. Make a highway for God. Prepare. <laughs> Prepare a highway. You know, human responsibility. 
as many as received him, they benefited. To the church at, in the uh, uh, book of Revelations, in Laodicea, he said, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If someone will open up, will receive me, I'll, I'll come in. God wants to come in. He's knocking. Ezekiel 22 says, I sought for a man. I sought for a man who would make a wall and stand in the gap. Or, you know, he's saying, I, I'm looking for somebody that will make a straight path. That will make up the difference. You know? I'm looking for that, that, that individual, you know what I mean? Uh, that people or someone or a church is that will prepare, will prepare for what he wants to do. Absolutely. It's, it's about individually being fit for the master's use. Second Timothy said that there's all kinds of vessels, but the one that, you know, gets to be used, the one that's worthy to be put on display is the one that has went ahead and seen to it that their life is prepared. He has cleansed himself. Cleansed himself from all the things that could make the way crooked. Why does he want the way straight? Number one, for him. Number two, for those that are going to look upon you and follow you. Those that you're going to have influence on. And two, absolutely, praise God. See, man is given that free will to choose what type of vessel that he or she will be. It says, there if anyone cleanses himself or herself from the latter, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for good works. Yes. What does prepare mean? Prepare means waiting with expectation to receive. Make something ready for use beforehand. To put in a proper state of mind to work out the details or plan in advance to put together. Prepare. Preparation. Virtually, it's not enough to plan. You have to prepare. Without preparation, plans just simply are on the drawing board. Without preparation, dreams, you know what I mean? Stay just as a dream. Visions just float around, but they never become, you know, 
real reality. And I think that when he says, will cleanse himself, someone that will prepare himself. Because he says, you will be prepared for every good work. Isn't that amazing? Proper preparation makes it so nothing catches you really off guard. Things are in order. Things are set. The details have an arrangement in advance. Oh, praise his holy name. I, 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 I'm, I'm feeling that, that, that God wants us to get ready for his, arri- his arrival. Well, you say, well, he's already here. Yes, he is. But we want to provoke him to visitation. We want to provoke him. You know, here I am, Lord, as our songs, you know, this morning in worship, you know, uh, attended to. Lord, over here. I want to be. I want to be someone that's on display for you. Prepare. Prepare. Let's take a look at wisdom and preparation and show you that how important preparation is. The Bible teaches us, you know what I mean, that, that in wisdom there is preparation. It says in Proverbs chapter 9, verses 1 through 2, it says, Wisdom has built her house. Okay? And so preparation is really a pillar that you establish in your life. She has built her house. She has hewn out seven pillars. And the first pillar that she, that she addresses that needs to be in our life is the pillar of preparation. Because it follows up with this. It says, she has slaughtered her meat, she has mixed her wine, and she has furnished her table. She has prepared. She has prepared. Absolutely. Thank God. There's another thing that wisdom does. Wisdom recognizes its time of visitation. It is keen if what God might be saying something, what God might be wanting to do, and as a result of that, it's our part to prepare for the very thing that we recognize that he wants to do, and that is a visitation. See, God is God, and he's there, and he's open, etc. but there are times that he says that, you know what I mean? There can be some special encounters. Special encounters. In fact, did you know that when Jesus came, that was a special encounter? Absolutely, it was a special encounter. The scripture says that, that in Luke 19, 44, as Jesus looked at the, the children of Israel, who, you know, they were first on his list. That's right. Children of Israel were first on his list for a visitation. But they didn't recognize the time of their visitation. They missed their visitation. You, you know, and, and, and John the Baptist says, you, you, you didn't prepare for it. I told you about it. I'm coming. Now would you go ahead and prepare to receive him? 
Can you imagine what can be averted if we recognize the time of our visitation? Because he follows up that when they miss the time of visitation, he says, he says I, oh, the trouble that's, that's brewing ahead. You know? Things that don't have to happen, they, they, they won't happen if you recognize the time of your visitation and prepare for the visitation. He said, how oft I tried to gather you. How oft I tried to visit you. He said, as a hen tries to, you know what I mean? Round up her chicks. They keep running off. <laughs> yeah. Trying to get the chick to come under his lovely wings. And, you know, you got those chickens that just say, keep running here and run there, and they, they don't want to come under. He said, I, I, I did it over and over, but you wouldn't come. I don't want to be one of those would not people. Amen? Yeah. Oh, yes. So, preparation is such a key in your life. In the natural and in the spiritual, it, it really determines success. Not just purely the success that we had often associate with, you know, uh, success in the world, success in finances, success in our job, you know what I mean? Uh, but uh, we still want to be successful in our relationship with the Lord and successful in, in our mission for God. See, when, you're, when you prepare, you're proactive. You get ready. Makes the readiness for us. It's, it's, imagine, you know, sometimes we might get tired of preparing, but Jesus prepared for 30 years for three years of ministry. Oh, my goodness, you know? There's a quote that's attributed to Abraham Lincoln. And he said, if I had eight hours to chop down a tree, I would spend six hours sharpening my axe. Yeah, you know. See, you can get inspiration, but if you're not prepared... You know, then you won't be ready for the inspiration to walk it out, to fulfill it. Preparation will, will, will support and keep intact the inspiration. It really does. So preparation is planning, but it's followed by action. Don't you think that proper preparation prevents poor performances? 
I'm going to prepare for a test. Uh, I, 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 I guess I can say I used to play the violin because <laughs> I've been off on it for so long. But, you know, I had lots of performances. You know, might surprise you, but I was actually first chair in, you know, in the orchestra, in the violin section. But the, the, the effort and the preparation that had to go into it, you know, and, and when, you, when you prepare, then you assure yourself of a better performance. And the ultimate is, you know what I mean, is you look good, but God even looks better. Absolutely. So those that are most prepared can serve the moment best regarding their inspiration. Now, as a pastor, not just as a pastor, <laughs> as a father, as an adult human being, I know about inspiration. I know about lost inspiration. So, you know, we want to be prepared. I think preparation, not only for individual lives, but for the church, you know what I mean, is, is uh, you want to have something after the downpour. You need banks of rivers. As Tanya was in her exhortation, talked about using, using the Word of God. Well, Jesus, he was prepared with the word. We prepare for virtually everything. We need to prepare for Jesus. We need to prepare for Jesus. In the parable of the of the. Uh, uh, the virgins. You see how that important preparation is in not just planning. All of them planned for Jesus to come. But only five of them were prepared for Jesus, for the bridegroom to come. And so we need to get our plans, you know, off the drawing table. And we need to put them in a preparation. Like Gordy's a builder, and, you know, and, uh, he's built lots of, you know, buildings. And Jim, too, is, you know, uh, you know, basically, I haven't built a thing in my life, you know what I mean? I, I remember trying to build a little covering for my snowmobile. Oh, my. I needed help. But anyway, he gets a plan, but then you get material, right? The material has to get there. That is that preparing, okay? 
is you've, you've got to get something in the, uh, in, the, in the real world. It's got to go from up here, all right, to down here. Preparing. And, and it says that we, we can prepare, you know, for the Lord. We can, we can prov- provoke Him. To visit us. Hannah is a good example how she provoked the Lord for visitation. She not only prepared, but she went ahead and made a vow or a commitment. She got herself into it. Yeah. Hallelujah. So yes, it's reconciling that relationship between divine sovereignty and, and, and human responsibility. Make straight paths for your feet. Get the road construction completed. <laughs> Don't you love it? I mean, as wonderful as GPSs are, they don't know about all the road constructions that it's going to go on. And so they take you and they get you to a point or a, a place, and all of a sudden, road closed. Now what? You know, and then that thing keeps, you know what I mean? Reroute, reroute, reroute. I wonder how many of us need to reroute this morning? Because there's some obstacles. That's what he's saying. He says, you need to remove every obstacle possible out of the way to make room for the visitation, for the outpouring of God in in our lives. Please understand me. I'm not talking about salvation this morning. You know what I mean? Getting saved is one of the easiest things there is. And it's settled. But there's a journey, and there's, there's more to salvation than just getting saved for your eternal destiny. It's recovering our image of God. After we get saved, the image of God that we that we lose and lost through sin, we get positioned, but we're definitely not complete. So he says, remove all the obstacles that prevents him from doing what he longs to do. Remove all the crooked ways. It, 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 why do we need divine visitation? Well, there's probably a thousand reasons, but one thing that happens when there's divine visitation, it goes, it goes ahead and it, it dilutes and terminates satanic activities. You want Satan to stop tempting you and 
messing with you every day? Take a stand. Say no. Bible says that after after that that Satan left him for a season. How'd like some 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 seasons <laughs> with less satanic activity? Sure. Praise the Lord. We need that divine visitation of the Lord. Prepare him a room. Prepare him a room. I think a step in really preparing for the Lord, you know, and for a visitation for Him in our personal lives and, you know, in our church life and, you know, all of life, is, is I think that, that, that we need to make God the first part of every day of our life. I think that God needs to be more than a than a, a Sunday morning box that we check off. I think so. I mean, if you really want and are excited and expecting, you know, someone to come, you you go the extra mile, don't you? I mean, once in a while, you know, they'll drop in, you know, and you're not prepared, you know, and, you know, praise God. I'm glad God just drops in sometimes. He does that. This is not about works for salvation. It's really about works for invitation. Yeah, yeah. Yes, we prepare in here first, but we have to also prepare out here. You have to prepare inside and outside. That, that, that preparation you know about inside and outside has to do with staying on point to what God's going to do Proverbs 24 and 27 says this prepare your outside work prepare your outside work Then afterward, build your house. Well, what he's saying is, you know what I mean? If you don't have the preparation, you're not going to be able to build your house. God responds to preparation. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. It says that, he is a rewarder of that them that diligently seek him. I think God is asking for more than just a casual invitation. I want you more.
in anything. And when, when, God, when God begins to declare that favor over your life, wonderful things begin to happen. It wasn't, I'm talking about outside preparation, it wasn't till that they, they, they finished the temple that the glory of the Lord filled the place. Now, I think the glory of the Lord and the help of God was there, you know, every, every work day. But when God really went ahead and took up residence and put his amen upon it, you know, it was when it was, when it was finished. I think that physical preparation when it's for the Lord becomes sacred preparation. Sacred preparation. If any man will prepare, he will become, you know, a chosen vessel, a vessel of honor. Fit, ready for all or any good work. It's a sacred preparation. I hope I can make this clear enough. You know what I mean? When God got ready to, to, to visit his people under Moses, he said, you need to have some physical Human preparation. He said, go to the people and tell them they need to consecrate themselves today and tomorrow. Consecrate yourself. And then he goes and talks about, you know what I mean? That he said, you need to wash your clothes. I mean, we need to dress for this thing, right? Put on love. Put on charity, which is the bond of perfection. Put away, as you read in yours. Yeah. It's sacred preparation. And I think that sacred preparation is, you know what I mean, that we don't have to, it has to do with these particular clothes because it's just kind of a, a shadow here. But I think it's our heart and our mind, our will, and our ways. It says, be ready. Be ready. You know, Jesus said, his disciples, he's, you know, uh, he's going to be going away. And he had, he, had, he had talked to him for 40 days, and now, you know, uh, he's going to go away, and there's a 10-day lapse in there. And he told him about, I want you to get ready, and I want you to prepare for a, a great event, a visitation, when the Holy Spirit was going to visit, come as a permanent resident, and, you know, in the lives of individuals. 
Ja. He said, go and tarry in the city of Jerusalem. Tell you be endued with power from on high. That was part of their preparation. It's not, it's not, you know what I mean? Just gives you an idea that, you know, God's visitation requires some preparation. And you want to hear what he's trying to say. And I mean, there's a very practical uh, uh, story about pres uh, preparation with a Shulamite woman. In the Old Testament, you, you basically recognized God's visitation by God's man or God's woman. You know? Didn't have it as we have today, which is so wonderful to, on a personal basis, etc. You know, and, and you can have God's presence without having an office, as it were. But, but this, this woman recognized, you know what I mean? That, that this Elisha was a representative, was a visitation of God. And, and she said to her husband, this is the holy man of God. Let us make a little chamber. Let's put a, a bed there, a table, a stool, a candlestick, a stick. Oh, Hallelujah. So every time he comes, he knows he's welcome. He knows he's welcome. Now I believe that if I'd ask you the question, is God welcome, you'd say yes. But if I was to ask you, how much preparation did you give to it? I don't know what the story would be. How much preparation? <laughs> there is a such a thing as failed preparation. It's in the book. In Matthew chapter 22 and verse 11, it says that the king had made this great feast. The guests were invited. And after everything was set, he walks in. That is, the head of the household walks in and begins to look it over. And he saw a man there who did not have proper attire. He didn't prepare for the occasion. Hmm. I mean, it's got to be there for some reason. You know what I mean? In this case, he did not have a wedding garment on. He's invited to a wedding. 
and he didn't prepare enough to have the right garment. He failed to prepare for the occasion. Failed to prepare for the occasion. I hope you can take some truth from that because, you know, uh, I don't want to make it just a blanket thing, but how it might relate. We prepare for special days, and, and I really think that, you know, God's pretty special. I do. I think God's pretty special. And ask my musicians to come this morning. <coughs> Preparation is is key to living an intentional spiritual life. I think that there's very practical, sacred preparations that attract a visitation from God that provoke an invitation. And I want to just finish up this morning about a man that we know, and his name is Noah. A man who provoked God's grace into his life. In a world that had every imaginable sin, every imaginable lifestyle that had turned away from God. And yet, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah found that grace force for living. Divine invitation, divine preparation is about an invitation for the grace of God. Not simply grace of God for your salvation, but grace of God for the life you're going to live. A grace so powerful procured into Noah's life that he built a boat. He became a trustworthy vessel 
He became a vessel that God entrusted to carry out His plan in the midst of a very adverse and godless society. need a collaboration the collaboration of heaven and earth heaven being God and earth being us now I know the call of God in our lives are different But the outcome is all the same, the glory of God. It's all the same, the glory of God. It wasn't enough. And as a young man, that I sang this song and was inspired by, I surrender all. to prepare spiritually I had to prepare practically I had to prepare uh, relationally and I had to prepare also uh, what's the word that I'm looking for uh, plan so as I talk to us this morning church as individuals as a church Jesus. Amen. Sacred preparations. Sacred preparations can be a lot of work. But we do them with expectation. Zechariah chapter 4 says, do not despise small beginnings. Virtually everything begins with a small beginning. But it has the potential to reach a capacity that's been invested by the divine creator.
And so on this last exhortation, the scripture says, prepare to meet your God. Now in that particular aspect, he's saying, you need to prepare to meet your God in eternity. to meet your God in eternity will you believe that you need a savior and you believe that Jesus Christ is that one that come to save us you receive him into your life prepare for the plans that God has. And it's never too late to start. It's never too late to improve. I know, I know, we got a church world that just balks at works. Walk at works, you'll never be prepared. Stand with me this morning. Provoking. happened automatically I wish God did it all but if experience has anything to do with it after 70 years I'm going to tell you God doesn't do it all God works with you If you'll work with God, he'll get the job done. Let's sing it this morning. Hallelujah. You know, church, we're going to have this, this uh, family, family thing. There's a lot of preparation that goes into it. But the success of it will be determined about how much preparation and how much participation. See, preparation is just not things, it's participation. Participation. And, and here's what Hebrews said, says. He says that at the end time, there's gonna be a lack of participation. Well, I'm not gonna be guilty. Amen. Amen. Yeah, go ahead, clap. You know, do something for me this morning, church. <laughs> I'm not going to be guilty of the lack of participation. Amen. You know, I could, I got a lot of time in. By all standards, you know, 
I shouldn't have to do anymore, but... <laughs> Mr. Jesus.